Welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? I'm your host, Tara Clancy. Join me each week for the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you banish counterfeit sleep and have more energy, increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love. Go ahead and subscribe and you'll get each new episode as soon as it goes live. If your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. A high-performance workforce starts with high-performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the Sleep Performance Assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. The Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, Season 1, Episode 41. If you talk to enough CEOs these days, you'll hear one common sentiment. There's a lot to lose sleep over. And you don't have to be a sleep strategist to know that losing sleep isn't good for anybody or any business. And so we bring you our quarter four business impact series. We've invited the best of the best in corporate leadership, thought leaders and innovators the ones the CEOs call when they need help. In each episode, you get what you need so you can get the sleep you need. You get the insights and solutions you need now as you plan for the coming year so you can have success in 22 and beyond. Subscribe now to get each episode from the Trusted Advisors featured in the Business Impact Series. We kick off our series with the uber-amazing Jennifer Eggers. Jennifer is the founder of Leadership Insights Incorporated. The firm works with leaders and organizations facing disruption who want to increase their capacity to adapt so they can emerge stronger and more effective faster. Many CEOs have sought out Jennifer over the past three decades and countless others have turned to her book on resilience. Co-authored with Cynthia Barlow, the book is titled Resilience, It's Not About Bouncing Back. With such a novel perspective, you won't be surprised when I tell you it's an international bestseller in several categories and has a five-star rating on Amazon. And you also won't be surprised to learn we get into this novel perspective on resilience in our conversation. Listen in and learn how today's uncertainty and the great resignation give leaders a golden opportunity. Why resilience is not what it used to be. And how ruthless prioritization is the key to business success in 2022 and beyond. Let's listen in now. Well, hello, Jennifer, and welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast. It's so great to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited about our uh, business impact series that we're doing on the podcast. And because of that series, I've been looking forward to our conversation and for two reasons, really. Um, First, you're a perfect fit for the series because we're focusing on helping CEOs and business leaders to plan for the new year. 
And I'd say that this year is going to be a doozy with all the disruption we're experiencing on so many levels. And of course, you work with leaders and organizations facing disruption. So it's a perfect fit right there. And, and of course, with disruption, you know, we, that can keep us up at night and we certainly here don't want anyone losing any sleep. So I'm really excited to have you for that reason, because I think you'll really, you know, give us some great insights. And then the second reason that I've been looking forward to our conversation, Jennifer, is your perspective on resilience. Your insights are very unique. And I think they're really a, a, a a, a great way to look at it, especially in light of everything that is going on. And so, right, I mean, this is going to probably be one of the most challenging years on record. We've got the great resignation going on and all of the other kinds of disruptions, all the uncertainty that's going on. Um, so I'd love to get into what you're seeing and hearing, you know, what kind of things are keeping CEOs up at night? your perspectives and insights on all of that. And if we can, you know, some concrete strategies that CEOs can use now as they plan for the coming year. So can we get started with that sort of, you know, what you're seeing and hearing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and it's just such a good fit because the first question I feel like we ask when we start working with someone new is, well, what's keeping you up at night, right? So, I Absolutely. mean, we, what we want to do is put people to sleep at night, right? So this is just, it's such an apropos topic, but never has there been a time, I think, you know, in our history when there wasn't perhaps more keeping people up at night. So Agreed. the two things I'm hearing, I mean, as we think about planning for next year, I'm really hearing two things. I mean, some, some CEOs, some companies really had a great year. Um, the challenge for them is they don't know whether that's going to continue. So all of a sudden we've had this amazing year because of something that happened in the market, because, you know, be usually driven from COVID, um, you know, shipping companies, grocery companies, lots of companies did really, really well. Um, but when is that going to end? Right. So when we have all of our shipments offshore, are we are, you know, our freight companies and shipping companies and, you know, things like distribution, is that really going to, uh, continue to do well over the next, you know, let's say Q4 and then into the, the new year, um, right. you know, and then you have organizations that really didn't have such a great year. So people like air, you know, and air, airlines are coming back, but you know, many didn't have such a great year. Um, sure. There are lots of organizations that, you know, really suffered last year. Restaurants is, is another one. I mean, there's so many um, right. and they're trying to figure out how long things are going to continue, you know, and, and what are we going to do? So these questions yeah. about, you know, when to pull back on staff, when to pull back on expenses, what are we gonna do? How can we continue to do more with less um, are enormous right now. Um, I don't think there's a single CEO I deal with that isn't being kept up at night by one of those. Mm. You know. And then the other one is that most people are really struggling with people leaving. Mm -hmm. And I think what's happening, I mean, this isn't news, right? But what's, really, I think shocking is that the usual tactics that we use to keep people aren't working. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, for years I had this mantra like, okay, you know, you want to keep your top talent, you do these five things, you know, you go and meet with your people, you show appreciation people. And I would say, you know, people don't leave good managers. So we have to be a great leader to keep our people. Well, all of that is out the window. Right. So, you know, the question in my mind is why? And I, I have one business president that, you know, people are leaving, most of them are being promoted. 
her company um, has mandated vaccines. Many people don't, you know, they're saying they don't want the vaccine, whether you agree with that or not. I mean, they're losing a ton of people. Um, Then you've got people that are saying we're coming back to the office and you have hordes of people that, you know, they got a taste of working from home and they don't want to go back to the office. True, so true. Um, Like when you don't have to do that commute all of a sudden. You don't have to do that commute. I mean, I've had women tell me that, I've had CEO, female CEOs tell me they don't want to put makeup on, wear their heels again, right? So, you know, there's there's this, um, the question in my mind, I think though, is why are people leaving? And can it, I mean, there's probably a few things to ask, can it create an opportunity to really re-energize and muscle build the team? Mm. You know, in many cases, people are leaving that eh, that's okay. You know, maybe we needed some turnover. Maybe we needed to get rid of some of the people that were um, yeah. not our top talent, right? Yeah, almost like that, like the dead wood, getting rid of the dead wood idea yeah. sort of, yeah. Uh-huh. So I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. So the, you know, the question I have is, is, um, can we look at it as an opportunity? Now, sometimes we can, and sometimes we can't. I don't, right. I don't subscribe to a false sense of optimism, but I think right. it's one way to look at it. Yeah, and can, can we just yeah. jump into that Absolutely. for a second? Because I think that uh, even your name, <laughs> name of the work that you do, you know, you talk about leader yeah. shift. And I think what you're just describing there is 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 a part of that, right? Is is like you're talking about a shift in 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 in, in the thinking, essentially. Would that is going to be the crux of getting through this. I mean, if you think about how to build a resilient organization, if you think about how to get through these things that are keeping people up at night, it is a huge shift in how we're thinking. Mm -hmm. And I would say the way we've always done it isn't going to work anymore. So we have to get, and I'll use this phrase a bunch of times, but we have to get radically creative about how we do work and the work that we do. And that's, you know, if you read the book, the, uh, a lot of what I teach is adaptive leadership. And it's this notion that things are more complicated today. The kinds of problems we're dealing with are no longer, um, you know, like Henry Ford made things a whole lot faster when he's invented the assembly line. It's not that easy anymore. I mean, now, if we want to really change things, we have to really incrementally change the way people think and feel and act and lead differently. Mm -hmm. And so that, I mean, if we're trying to lead, here's an, this is a funny example. I talked to a CEO last year, um, right before COVID hit, I guess it was a year and a half ago now. And he said, my team will never work from home, right? HR was coming to me with this flexible work arrangement policy. We're never going to allow people to do that. Everybody needs to be in the office. And so he bragged to me, that in the year prior, which would have been like 2019, they only did 2,500 Zoom calls across the whole company. And this is a big manufacturing company. You would know the name of the consumer products company. You would know you would know it if I said it. Three months later, the entire company is working from home. <laughs> and I talked to him, right? And he says, you won't believe this. In three months, we've done 25,000 Zoom calls. Oh my God. Now that was three months. Now this is a year ago, right? So the funny thing is here they are. That's been over a year. They're still not back to the office. And they haven't, I mean, they've had some issues because people aren't, they sell a lot of office supplies. People aren't buying as many office supplies, but 
they really haven't missed a beat from the standpoint of people coming in and or not coming in, but people doing their jobs. Right. Mm -hmm. But they've had to get radically creative. Right. And he's had to really change his thinking. So yeah. And that's actually that. I love that too, because it, it shows that that's leadership right there. Right. I mean, he Dude. was like, there's no way, but some external force brings it on. Right. With this that's right. COVID that nobody was expecting. And then boom, it, it, the thing that would never, you know, would never happen is now the, the norm. So it, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's really where we are. And what we have to realize is that there is no normal whether you think of it as new or someday there'll be there is no more normal this is where resilience isn't about bouncing back it's about how do we move forward and adapt as fast as we possibly can because things are never going to be the same again Mm -hmm. and we're going to be hit with one more um challenge after another now you might disagree with me right somebody sitting in your audience is going to go oh no no that's not the case you know it's going to go back to normal You can believe what you want. It doesn't necessarily have to be true, but what that is, is a filter. If I, and it's in the book too, but if I go through the world thinking that someday I'm expecting that things are going to be normal again, I have a very different mentality than the mentality that says I need to be ready for anything that hits me because it's going to keep changing. Those two filters are going to greatly shape the way you react to things. So I'm going with the filter that it's not going to be normal because I want, in my mind, I want to be used to the fact, I want my team to expect the fact that we need to adapt quick. Things are going to change and we got to get radically creative. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like making that your norm, right? Yeah. That, that, you know, and it, it kind of, it's like that, that, that quote too, you know, the only constant is change. So if we do have a sort of backwards perspective of like, yeah, we'll get back to where we were. We're not really embracing the change that we have. We're not in a forward sort of moving mindset. And uh, yeah, I could see it would really impact things negatively. And by the time you go try to go back, everything's different. Mm-hmm. There's no back to bounce to because by that time, everything's changed. Right. So yeah, it's, it's probably the reason that people don't, you know, if the phone breaks, they don't go and buy a flip phone, right? You don't go back with your cell phone. You probably shouldn't be thinking about going back in the workplace. That's right. That's is, right. Cell yeah. phones, relationships, we want to move forward. <laughs> right, right. How many times does that ever work out in a relationship? Let's try again. Probably not that many. Wow. Terrific. Um, yeah. And you mentioned yeah. your book a couple of times. Just tell us the title of it because the title is, is great as well. Yeah. The title is, thank you for asking. The title is Resilience. It's not about bouncing back. And mm-hmm. it's about how leaders and their teams um, can build resilience before disruption hits. And so, you know, this is the ironic part, right? We wrote it certainly before COVID. So we were thinking, oh, we can get prepared for whatever this disruption is going to be. You know, now we're like, oh, do we need a second edition that says, you know, how (laughs) leaders and their organizations can build resilience on the fly? Yeah, yeah, exactly. While (laughs) disruption (laughs) is being dumped on them. Yeah. yeah. And we know they can. So the same strategies apply. So it's totally relevant now. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So let's get into, uh, can you share with us a couple of strategies for leaders now as they're planning for the next year? Yeah. A high performance workforce starts with high performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the sleep performance assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H I 
S-L-E-E-P-E-R, sleep.com. Can you share with us a couple of strategies for leaders now as they're planning for the next year? How can they really kind of adopt this forward sort of thinking resiliency sort of idea? Right, absolutely. And plan. Right. So, I mean, let's just talk about the things that we've, that I've mentioned. So talent is one that I think is keeping everybody up at night. You know, there's a couple of things, you know, one is asking that question, is this an opportunity to really re-engage and, and muscle build the team? Um, The other one is to think about how do we take care of the people that are remaining? So as we think about, you know, now I've got less people. I mean, once one, um, it's, she's not a CEO, she's the president of a division, 144 people. They lost, I think, 25 in the last two months. Oh and, you know, what they're having to ask is, okay, we can't take those remaining 120 some people and put that same amount of work on them. So how do we really take care of them? And I, I think that has to do with hunkering down and engaging the existing team or whatever you've got remaining and rally really hard around your purpose and around letting stuff that doesn't align with your purpose go. So, you know, it's really, it's radically creative again, but it's about how work gets done. And maybe that's, you know, work from home, or maybe you um, take a second look at what you're mandating, or take a, a second look at, you know, this whole notion of being in the office, or, you know, working in different structures of teams, the structure you've got, the levels of approvals, Mm. how fast things get done. I mean, how can you take out red tape in your organization? Um, But it's really about how work gets done. And then it's also, I think, a ruthless prioritization Mm. around what gets done. Um, I work with CEOs every day that have a priority list a mile long that was built in some strategy session you know, back at the beginning of the year. And at the end of the day, you're just not, it is not likely that the people you have remaining are going to be able to execute every tactic on your list. It's just, it's not feasible. So it really becomes about how do you ruthlessly prioritize what gets done? So those people are laser-like focused and aligned with you and you have their loyalty because they understand the purpose that they're driving um, you know, and they're kind of in it with you in yeah. how to do this with less. Um, and I'm not, everybody's dealing with less people. Many are, um, some aren't, but I still think this, you know, prioritization becomes really critical. I, I don't know anybody. I've not talked to a company this year that isn't, you know, people are just exhausted from whatever, whether it's zoom sitting on zoom all day or, you know, whatever it is. And the, so the prioritization yeah. message I think is, um, yeah. abundantly clear, probably for everybody. Yeah, I think the, the the term itself, ruthless prioritization, mm-hmm. it really gets the message acro- across. Yeah. So Jennifer, is that like, do you, is that what you do with? Um... <laughs> it is a lot. I mean, it is a lot of what I do. I mean, I, we, we do have a process that we use to help the organization get laser-like focused around the capabilities that the organization has to have to drive their strategy. And then we help them build, um, you know, a roadmap of investments to say, really help them be 100% confident that their next investment is going to close the biggest gap towards achieving their strategy. Mm. So we do, we do a lot of that, um, you know, with leadership teams. I also do a lot of executive coaching where I really am sitting one-on-one trying to help the executive figure out, you know, how yeah. do you just navigate this minefield of 
whether they be opportunities or hurdles that come up um, right, throughout right. the year. Yeah. And then we put, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say yeah. on that note, I was just reading something about um, like as many as I think it was like as many as 40% of CEOs feel isolated. And Very much you, so. Yeah. And so having somebody like you to come in and, and really be that support person, I could see could be a huge bonus, especially in times like these. It's in, it's an incredibly isolated role. I mean, you know, these are people that frankly rarely get told the truth. Many think they do, but they, they don't really in most cases, uh-huh. um, depending on how big the organization is. But many just, you know, don't get told the truth. And then they don't, they don't feel comfortable because they're at the top. They don't feel comfortable confiding in people. And they shouldn't, by the way, mm-hmm. um, in people in, you know, in the organization. And so many times just having a third party as a sounding board um, to just kind of strategize around, hey, you know, I want to, I want to send this message. How's this going to land? How's it going to yeah. come across? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because know, that's so true too. It's so critical, right? If something is going to be successful throughout the workplace, it really does need to come down, um, like as an initiative, sort of. But there has to be, in order to get buy-in. I guess that's what I want to say. In order to really get buy-in, it has to really come down in a way that is, I guess. I don't know if you'd say authentic, but you really have some yeah. merit. Otherwise it won't really, you know, have some, it won't really work basically. And so I, I guess. Yeah, it's got to resonate, you yeah. know? And then, and the other thing I think is that it's somebody that I've worked with enough CEOs and enough leadership teams for the last 30 years that you start to be able to sort of see around corners mm-hmm. and you go, okay, if you say this, or if you do this, then you know, a month from now, here's going to be the implications of that, that you may not have thought, you may or may not have thought through that. Um, but at some point you start to just see patterns in some of right. this and you can help people, you know, really see that and get ahead. Um, so, you know, it's great to, I just love to share the benefit of so many of those experiences too, um, yeah. because so many of them were, you know, learning the hard way. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I guess um, that brings us back to our original topic too about planning now for the new year. If you do plan yeah. it well now and if you if you know you get the support that you need to really help you do it the way you'd like to do it, uh, then you can really uh, see around the corner, as you, you know, as you say, and have a better year as a result. And you want your team in it with you. I mean, I think that's the biggest when I think about you know the leadership, right? And how to really think about what's different and how do I need to think differently about leadership? It can no longer be this hierarchical, you know, big man at the top, you know, giving the grand poobah, giving his message, right? It has to be the the problems and the challenges are so, and even the opportunities are so complex that you've got to have your team in it with you because you never know where that great idea is going to come from. Mm. And it's probably... I mean, not going to come from the CEO, not to, I mean, I know it was, it was a cold rude awakening. I think when I realized that most of my good ideas were not going to come from me, they're going to come from someone on my team. Right. It's so true. You've got to be able to have those people in it with you. Um, hundred percent alignment, which is one of the biggest components of organizational resilience. And so, I mean, that's probably where I would maybe close with in terms of strategies is there is no time like the present to really focus hard on building organizational resilience. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got a tried and true method for that. And it's not that difficult. I mean, it sounds like this big amorphous thing, 
It really isn't. I mean, there is a step-by-step -step methodology to do that. Um, it's in the book if you want a sneak peek, but <laughs> certainly, mm -hmm. um, but it, the time is well worth it just to come out of this thing in better shape than you started. Right. Yeah. We, the, uh, make the investment of time so that you have it for the long haul right, you know, once you get that. Wow. And it's terrific. not a once and done, right? It's a philosophy and a discipline, but, um, but it's one that we're finding a lot of success with and, yeah. um, and it requires quite a bit of courage on the amount of the leader or on the, um, you know, on the leader to actually be open mm -hmm. to doing that because what it's going to do is empower your team. Right. Yeah. It's a funny, it's a funny line to walk of being that top guy, but then not having it run in that hierarchical, you know, framework that you mentioned instead, exactly. you know, you are still the top guy, but you really want a kind of upwards and downwards sort of flow, uh, you Very know, on, on, on some things. Wow. So, all right. So let me ask you this last question that we, we like to ask on the counterfeit sleep podcast. Uh, if you had a billboard, Jennifer, <laughs> and could put up a message to get at, get across what you think really is an important takeaway, you know, and remember with a billboard, it's a relatively small space and people <laughs> go by at pretty high speeds. Um, what would you put on that billboard? Yeah, I think right now it's get radically creative about the what and the how of work at work, getting done, mm -hmm. get radically creative about the, 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 what and the how of work getting done. Mm, yeah. Very good. And yeah. I'm sure we could get more on that in the book. <laughs> when, when um, we... Certainly I, the book. Yeah. The book is uh, a lot more about just building the resilience, which probably okay. should have been on my billboard given it's my book, but I just feel <laughs> like, <laughs> I just feel like everything we talked about kind of summarizes in the, you know, we've got to really rethink how with the, what and the how. All right. Well, maybe, maybe that, but that'll be your next book then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> and Jennifer, how would, um, how would someone uh, connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, our website has a lot of our information, www.leadershiftinsights.com. Um, you can find me directly on LinkedIn. It's backslash Eggers, E-G-G-E-R-S. And then uh, the book, is available on Amazon or on our website. Uh, the book is called Resilience. It's not about bouncing back. And if you go to our website, I can give you a discount code oh. and it is LSI 15 and you'll All get right. a discount on the website. Okay. Well, thank you. I will put that in the show notes. Well, Jennifer, I thank you so much for sharing those insights to help leaders prepare for the coming year. Because again, I think the more we do now, the better chances we are of having that successful year. And, and I think we need it more than ever in these times. Absolutely. And thank you so much for the work that you do, because I'll tell you, there's not a CEO I deal with that doesn't need some help getting a little extra sleep. So including myself. So thank you so much for what you do as well. Oh, you are welcome. Thank you for that. A high performance workforce starts with high performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the sleep performance assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. That ends this episode of the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? Follow us to get the stories 
the science, and the solutions to help you take your counterfeit sleep journey. And leave us a review to help other people find us. Thank you. And remember, if your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.